everyone. Welcome to Minute 31 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is just John of the Dirty Harry Minute. <laughs> I'm grateful. It's gone exactly as we planned. Yes, hello, I'm John. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. I'm so glad that I was able to, to, to get an Australian on the show. You know, we, we, I, I had you, you were the only Australian on the first season. So, you know, I figured I got to have you back for the second one. I'm touched. Even though, even though we both have so much trouble finding time to record this where it's convenient for both of us. So in the end, we found a time that's not convenient for either of us Yeah, <laughs> and I, had to work things out. I thought London to Australia was the worst time, but um, this is a pretty bad uh, time exchange as well. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me It's only me nine hours, but it's. It's better than last time. Last time we had to to get three time zones in. The yeah, whole way. that was so, hell. Yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> I think that's part. In that part of the the whole idea here is to have fun. It's fun, and um, like last time, I'll probably have to ask you a lot of American cultural questions. You know, dialogue and stuff that's in the film that maybe needs a bit of explanation. <laughs> no problem. We're 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 going to get into a lot of it. So, awesome. so we're good with that. Yeah, exactly. So episode 31 begins with Neil being shocked by discovering Dell's underwear has been used as his, that he used as a towel and goes all the way till Dell makes an interesting travel suggestion. <laughs> so we've, we've spent the last three weeks in this motel. We're still here. <laughs> Friday, we had the whole issue where Neil and Dell were jumping out of the bed because they realized that they had, were, were, were snuggling a little too much. <laughs> or too friendly when they woke up that morning. Neil decided to go into the bathroom to, to wash off his face, found some dirty socks in the sink, and now dry, decided to dry off his, his face from that and found that he's drying his face with Dell's very large pair of underwear. I was going to say, do you think even for John Candy and his girth, they look a bit bigger Is for comic effect? They look big. Yeah. They look They look really like big. big. I, I, I didn't. I didn't check to see, you know, I didn't try to find out what size it is and what size waist John Candy had. I mean, I, I didn't go that deep into this, but my assumption is, is that those are larger than what they really need to be. But it's, as you said, it's for the comic effect. <laughs> so Neil is in complete shock that he's actually just dried his face with these underwear. I mean, we discussed this a little bit on Friday, but do you think those those underwear are supposedly clean? Like, he took them off the side. They weren't. They weren't necessarily sitting somewhere where they were drying off. Yeah. So how were they already dry? You can ask that as one point. And the other point is, is if they're already dry, so why? First of all, why are they there? <laughs> he says they're also with these socks as well, right? And socks. Aren't... Yeah, the, so the socks yeah. are. The socks are in the sink. Those. Those are are soaking in the sink. Ah. See, I religiously just watched this minute, and I, you can't really quite see what. What is actually in the in the sink? But I, I well, have, have, I hope you've seen the rest of the movie. I have, I have, but I decided just to watch these minutes in isolation and in full the full spirit of the minute by movie uh, podcast. I don't know if isolation is the right term to use in oh, in these times right. in 2022. But <laughs> if you watch them in isolation, then you can then you'll have a lot of time to yeah. watch them over and over. The <laughs> um, but I, I I did find it I did find it nice that that Dell decided to warn Neil. I mean, the, the minute starts off with, with Dell screaming from the room, hey, Neil, take my socks out of the sink if you're going to brush your teeth, all right? Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it's not even. It's more like so something. It's that, nice. It's in a tenor, a timber of tone that's sort of like, oh yeah, sorry, I've forgotten. It's like he's legitimately forgotten a wife. It's not. He's not shouting out like shock horror. Oh my god, my my new friend's gonna. He's sort of like, yeah, I'll just remember, please, my my. My undies are in there. Yeah. Steve Martin, once again, for comic effect, would he really hold on to the wife runs for so long? When he, we know he's a big germaphobe. You know, he doesn't he doesn't drink beer and all those sort of things. Um, I guess it's just for comic effect. But he holds on really long. It's such a great a great uh, facial expression he gives with it too. Right. Well, I mean, my assumption is is that these are brand new, clean underwear. He's not holding someone's dirty underwear. So even if he is a germaphobe, yeah. then it makes sense. I mean, I, I remember there, there was a movie that I saw years and years ago with Dennis Quaid where he was uh, on the, the floor. He was in the, he was thrown to the floor of a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And apparently I, I read that they had a lot of problems filming that scene because he refused to do it unless they thoroughly cleaned the <laughs> the floor wow. because he, he actually spends a little bit too much time on that on on the floor there. It, it was it was a time travel movie. Oh, frequency that came out. Frequency, thank yeah, you. There you I go. Love I, that. Was, I was right. Yeah, I love that movie too. Except for the fact that the the, the trailer ruins everything, but that that's a separate issue. Yes. So <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer. But we rented it when when it came out on on DVD, and we we watched the trailer first, and we're like, why did we do that? <laughs> Whereas the trailer for this movie, you know, actually features extra footage that uh, didn't make the cut. So the trailer in this is a bit of well, a, a bonus. Well, I don't know if you're you're aware of this, but this movie, the first cut of this movie, how long do you think the first cut was? The movie is 93 minutes. How long do you think the first cut was? I do remedi- um, I remember reading quickly over this uh, trivia. Was it, a, was it two and a half hours or something? It was almost four hours. Whoa. And I have a copy of the final shooting script, and they shot it all, obviously. So every day I talk about the differences in the script, and oh. there are differences just about every day. Today, today we're going to get a lot also. Awesome. So be forewarned <laughs> <laughs> that we have a lot to talk about between that also. Fantastic. But yeah, so it was it was Frequency, the, the movie that, that, that I was referring to with Dennis Quaid. So that's pretty – then they, they give us – a great zoom out where, you know, Neil is standing there with the, with the underwear we have, it's a close up, and then they just like zoom out really, really quickly mm. to make us get a pure idea as to, first of all, how big these underwear are and also how shocked he is. And <laughs> Steve Martin does a great job with that. <laughs> and then the, the shot changes and we get to see, someone clearing their walkway with a snowblower very exotic for okay me. so we're, we're we're back we're back in in chicago you can you can easily see that we're back in chicago now all right what do you know about snow? so so there's never snow where you live uh down under down under where i live in the south there was snow you know at higher altitudes you'll occasionally get a bit of a drizzle um there are some sort of snow resorts, but a lot of that is artificial snow. I really don't know how much there is. And there was one event in 1987 when I was four when it was apparently snowing. But, um, yeah, this snow machine, tell me about it. Like, um, Okay, is so it, it, is it's like a lead either blower? as it – Yeah, does it piss – sorry, does it annoy people? Is it just 
pretty much delaying the inevitable and it's churning up the snow, putting it somewhere else where it will settle. It's turning up the snow and moving it somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. It's like a it's snowblower. moving it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So it's known as a snowblower or a snow thrower. Ooh. Okay. And most of the time it's used to clear either a driveway, sidewalk, roadway, railroad track, ice rink, or runway. Obviously, there are many different types, many different sizes and shapes. Now, calling it a snow blower is actually a, a, a misnomer because what it does is it has an auger or an impeller on the inside that actually moves the the snow as opposed to blowing it by by air. Oh. Okay, most of these are on electric power, either a line power or a battery, and many of them run on either gasoline or diesel in order to to throw. The the purpose is to throw snow to another location or sometimes even into like a truck to be hauled away so to clear it off now the co the contrast to that is is snow plows so a snow plow the idea of a snow plow is to push the snow either to the front or side but here it actually as you can see throws it much further out of the way they're they're very effective if you do it properly okay there are different types you have some that that are heavy duty some of them that are that that are smaller just for like walkways like what we see here the 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 smallest ones are able to to move about a few inches of snow from the ground and then there are big ones that can move up to 20 feet wow of or sorry no sorry it's able to shoot at 20 feet but it's able to to go 6 feet deep of snow that that's still pretty big okay so there are two two classes there's a a single stage and a two stage so the difference is, is at the single stage, so you have the, the auger, which is a paddle mechanism, okay, that pulls the snow into the machine and then directs it out, and there's usually some sort of discharge chute on the side. And the, the auger usually touches the ground, mm -hmm. which is why the single stage ones are not necessarily good ones to use on unpaved surf surfaces, okay? So then, and then you have the two-stage blower, where what the auger does is it pulls the snow into the machine and then feeds it into a, a high-speed impeller, which in turn directs it out of the discharge chute. So the the two-stage ones are the ones used more for, for the deeper snow depths. And since the augers don't touch the ground, they're actually very suitable for unpaved surfaces. Mm -hmm. Now, in what year do you think do you think the first snow blower was was invented? I'm going to even think it was mid-World War, uh, between the wars. Was it in the 30s? No, it was even even before that. So in 1870, wow. a man by the name of Robert Carr Harris of New Brunswick in Canada, Ooh. so he patented something known as a railway screw snow excavator. And then in 1923, which means that you're somewhat right, it's in between the wars, 1923, a man named Robert E. Cole patented a snowplow that was being operated by using cutters and a fan to blow snow from the surface. Okay, there, there are so many other different types that, that have been made over the years, but they mostly credit the person as the inventor of it, a man by the name of Arthur Sicard, who in 1925 created a prototype and he ended up find, founding a company called Sicard Industries in Quebec. So that, that that's a little bit of history. <laughs> I like to think in commemoration of Robert E that it's a an ice an ice sculpture rather than a cast iron statue. 
Um, did you have one as a kid? That's true. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it really. I don't know if it really would would last very long. <laughs> oh, one uh, more thing I want to say about it. How many people do you think get injured in America every year by snowblowers? So more than gunshots. Um, do I? I, I don't. I don't know how many people. What, what's the number for gunshots? <laughs> well, does injured include just? A, oh, I nipped the the toe of my steel cap boots, or does it include substantial no, feet, people, digital loss? Injuries. Injuries where people. Injuries where people need to go get medical attention. Okay. How many people in America? 300 million. Do you want to say 25,000? No, not that no. high. It's, it's 5,740. Okay. That's the approximate number of things. But it's still, it's still a, a, a nice number. Yeah. You did know, you there, there are a, a lot of people who need... Did we have one as a kid? No, we, we did not. We, we, we paid some service to come to clear our driveway. All right. You know, that's what my parents did. And to local... You know, someone would come... Someone would come with, with, you know, with a snowplow and, and plow out the, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Michigan where there was a lot of snow. Yep. And so we had the, you know, snowplow come and would clear the, the driveway every single time. And then a guy would get out with a shovel and clear the, 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 the small little walkway we had. You know, they, they didn't even use, they, they themselves didn't even use a snowblower mm-hmm. for the, for the small areas and stuff like that. Do local municipalities now, the, the, have to do it? Do they assume some responsibility for uh, for communal um, common on, ground? On is, the streets. Yeah. On the streets they do, yeah. Yeah, but not on private like, ground. All right. Do you have nature strips in America, though, like part of the front grass that isn't owned by the homeowner, but it's sort of a where you put your bins out? There, is that, there yeah. are places like that, yeah. 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 And now what do you think is – what do you think the injuries are? Um. Hmm. All the standard sort of lawnmower ones, you may, you know, cut off uh, your, your toes or, or people trying to retrieve roller skates or something, you know, all these sort of, uh, all the lawnmower injuries, I think, backache and things, or electrocution too, because right. of, the, of the, the dampness. I don't know. Okay, well, no, the, what, what, what they said here in the research that I did was is that it mostly is because something gets jammed and someone goes and tries to pull it out with yeah. their hands and they ended up. You know, doing so. so there are a lot of versions that actually have what's known as a dead man switch to help with safety. That right. if you're not pushing on the button to move it, then it's not moving, and you're not going to have a problem with with uh, losing losing a finger or two here or there. <laughs> so the the scene continues. We we get to see the the snowblower, which again it's a nice shot, especially for people who who miss snow and don't know snow. And then we see. Two kids, which are apparently unaccompanied. Uh, Marty, they're they're Marty and and uh, Neil Jr. Oh, really? Yes. If it was made today, this, they'd this be is... supervising adult. I think you know. To me, they just look unaccompanied. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that too. I was I was saying to myself, it's very strange that you know we we in a few seconds we're going to see Susan in the kitchen. So is, is she's not looking out the window. She's not looking to to make sure that they're okay. So that that's interesting. And but but. The scene begins with the two of them just walking through the snow in the front. You know, they give us an idea of, of what the weather is like in Chicago. Now, hmm. I, I did a little bit of research. Ooh. What do you think the real weather was on November 24th? and Or actually, this is November 25th, 1987. You guys use Fahrenheit, don't you? So I have no idea. Um, you can say Fahrenheit or Celsius. I, Celsius. I have the information for both. Um, 
Whew, am I going to go normal for what? Well, I don't even know what normal is for that part of the the country. Uh, do you want to say negative twelve degrees Celsius? No, not even not even that close. Not, not that, there. You're not close. I mean, that's what it looks like here. But in in real life, obviously they they filmed this months beforehand, and they were just presuming that there would be snow on the ground right right before Thanksgiving. So on November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven, which was the night before when the planes, you know, the airport got got closed. Yeah. So it was 41 degrees Fahrenheit, which is five degrees Celsius, okay. and there was pretty mild. there was sky obscuring fog and mm-hmm. light rain. Oh. There wasn't any snow at all throughout the entire week in in Chicago. And then I checked for Wichita, which we'll we'll get to also, and in Wichita also absolutely no snow. On the 24th and 25th, there was a light drizzle, and that was it. And again, no snow. They, they they got that one wrong. Last <laughs> week we talked about the fact how they got the, the football game right, but they didn't get this right at all. And I then checked also for New York, and New York also had completely clear skies when he was leaving, you know, when, when his character is supposedly leaving leaving New York. So yeah. I, I found that a little bit interesting. So then we, we get to hear the voiceover where Susan says, where are you? And Neil says, I'm in Wichita. She says, you're still at the airport? She says, no, I'm at a motel. I spent the <laughs> night with this guy I met on the plane. <laughs> so as she's talking, we see her, you know, preparing breakfast, or maybe preparing lunch for the kids to take to school or something like that. So we see orange juice, on uh, cups of orange juice. There are sausages, what looks like uh, maybe English muffins. Do you know what English muffins are? Very much, yes. Yeah. When I that's this, what it looks like. Yeah. And um, she's spreading something on it, but we don't see we don't see something that she could be spreading. She's she's moving the knife yeah. over the bread, putting something on it. But is it Philadelphia spread or I don't know? Uh, some sort I have of no Philadelphia idea. Cheese. There's there's no way of knowing because there there, the... there's no there's no package nearby that would say it... you know that this is what she's putting on. It could be margarine, could be butter, could be cream cheese. So many different things. I also notice a very uh, chic uh, kettle on the stove. Is it true in America they don't really have electric kettles, or you have electric kettles, yeah, where you boil? I know you're in. You're not some people do. Anymore. I mean, I don't live in America right now, but but uh, there are people that use electric kettles, and some people who don't. I'm assuming that most people don't use those type of kettles anymore. Looks very chic. Looks like a nice kitchen, I yeah. think, for the late eighties. Yeah, I would agree. That um, definitely is true. Speaking about the house, um, did you count the number of windows before I did? There's 15 I, I counted them. Jeez, I counted them a few weeks ago, so I, I don't remember what, what number I came up with. But, yeah, it's a very big house, especially for only four people living in it. You can imagine why people all around the world sort of watch American movies and it's just supposed to be a, you know, a middle, middle-class family and they're living in a huge mansion. It sort of reminds me of actually a father of the bride when – uh, Steve Martin plays a Nike executive, pretty much, and he's worried about, oh, how am I going to afford my wedding? And he's living in a, a palatial mansion. In, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at this point, Susan says, you shared a motel room with a stranger? Are you that's crazy? Like you. Yeah, that's out of character for you, for sure. <laughs> and his response is, not yet, but I'm getting there, which is which is a great response. And I, I like the way they did this conversation where part of it, we see the person and part of it, we just hear the other person. Or even at the beginning, when we don't, when we just hear both of them 
but don't see them because they want to give it the atmosphere of this cold winter fictional day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, hand up, putting my hand up, lots of questions. Go ahead. Um, does Thanksgiving always mean generally snow in the north or midwest, or is it a 50 50 no. proposition? Yeah, okay. It, it, you know, it's it's November. It's not like, you know, Christmas time when it's almost always, you know, with snow because that's mid, that's the end of December. This is the end of November. There are places that have snow. Some years you'll have it, some years you don't. I mean, I just gave you the, the weather report in three yeah. different cities in the real Thanksgiving 1987, and none of them had any snow. So, so I wonder why they felt so – they felt like chucking the snow in there or they felt they had to cater to really project that it could be snowing to make it realistic. It's just – Well, they needed the snow in order to, to get him – that he couldn't land in Chicago. Good point, yeah. But it could um, – yeah, need... true. Yeah. But it could have been electricity, a strike or something. No, but you're right. I understand, yeah. Yeah. So th- that's pretty much their conversation. And then we skip and see that Neil is in a diner, presumably the diner in the motel itself. He's sitting there next to Dell. We see a lot of food around Dell. He's got a grapefruit that has what looks like a cigarette, but pushed mm-hmm. in it. He has a plate of something. Can't really tell what it is. Maybe it's pancakes that has some sort of napkin on top of it. You know, we see the condiments. And then we see Neil pouring milk into what looks like uh, oatmeal, <laughs> where there's a complete, there's like a, a whole plate of food next to him also, which could be either How his or the that? guy next to him. The strawberry really looks out of place there with, is it yeah. chickpeas or grits or something? What is it? Gravy? I have absolutely no idea. I was trying to figure out what that is. Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> no clue whatsoever. So as he's pouring his 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 milk over over the oatmeal, so Dell starts talking to him and says, "Did you did you call the airline?" And the answer is, "Everything's booked solid, but they said I have a good chance of getting on standby." <laughs> now, yeah. standby. I'm assuming you know what standby is on on planes, right? I do, but it's sort of gone the way of the the dodo, hasn't it? Right. Well, yes, that that's one of the things that I that I found out that standby used to be very prevalent. That people can just show up at the last minute and get a cheaper flight because you show up, and if there are empty seats on the plane, they're, they'd rather sell you a, a ticket much cheaper than to have an empty seat. The problem is, is because of ever since nine eleven, because of security, they don't do that anymore. You can you can book a standby ticket online. Mm. But it's not as simple as it used to be. I mean, there are a few reasons why people can get on standby. If you have another ticket nowadays, if you have a ticket, you can try and get on an earlier flight. And sometimes there's the whole idea that the flights can be canceled due to inclement weather, which is the case here. So the two of them theoretically should be on a plane that's supposed to go at some point during the course of the day. So tells responses. And if they told you... That Wolverines would make good house pets. Would you believe them? <laughs> <laughs> I of course had to. Um, I had to Google what exactly Wolverines were. I know they're an animal in North America, and one of the first things that came up in my search was Hugh Jackman doesn't know that Wolverines are in fact real animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah. But they're little right, well, critters, w- aren't they? Annoying critters yes. that are yeah. 
Yes, they they are they have a reputation for being ferocious and very strong, which is disproportionate with their size. And there there is documented ability that they can kill prey that is much times larger than itself, which is actually why they named the character from the X-Men Wolverine, because he has a short stature, keen animal senses, and ferocity. <laughs> now, I grew up in Michigan. Michigan is known as the Wolverine State. Oh, really? The irony is that they haven't there in 2004, someone saw one Wolverine and that was the first time in 200 years that someone saw a Wolverine there. Wow. So what, where was Napoleon dynamite set? Was that set somewhere in the Midwest or is that in the South? I no, I think it was recently? in the Midwest. I, I haven't seen it recently. I couldn't, I don't remember. Okay. Cause it, it's really that sure. bit in the, in the locker room where he's really bragging. He goes, you know, I was shooting Wolverines with my 12 gauge idiot. And um, when I first saw the movie, I'm not a comic book fan. I thought he was just, everyone was laughing at him because he, he was having battles with imaginary um, Marvel characters, but no, they're very much. Have you ever seen a Wolverine? No. In a zoo or anything? No, no. no not that I recall. I might've, but I can't really remember actually having seen it. So then we, we get a shot of the, the waitress, Weird, so is... many shots of her. Yes, and now she's played by an actress. Mm, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. There's The actress's name is Susan Kellerman. She was born in 1944. She had 36 TV credits and 18 movie credits. After looking this up, I saw that she was actually in the movie Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Have you ever I seen that? I love that. Yes, yes I love that. Childhood so she... favorite. <laughs> yes, me too. And she plays the secretary of his uncle who right. gets him into that, that little bit of that, that two minute meeting. So I, I thought that was really funny that, that this is the same actress because she looks oh, I know. completely yeah. different. You mean the meeting where she goes, how did I know you wrote that memo? Who else could write? Such no, a no, 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 okay. no. It's I'm at the beginning when, when he wants, he wants to get into a meet. He wants, he wants to get a job. He wants to get a job interview. In the mailbox, in the mailroom? No, not in the mailroom. With okay. with with the company. So he goes up to the CEO's office in order yes. to to get a to 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 have a little meeting with him because he's yes. a distant relative. Yeah. And she's the secretary who who helps him out. Awesome. And says to him at the end that wow, he was impressed by you. That he actually <laughs> gave you gave you the job in the mailroom. So oh, we, nice. we see a whole bunch of different things around her. We we see uh, an American flag. We see a bunch of plants. We see a Makeup. juice dispenser called Juicy Whip. We see a, a, a soft drinks uh, dispenser. We see what looks like a bottle of beer behind her. There's like a faucet. And we also get to see three different types of pie that are sitting in some sort of container dispenser something like that now for me that i always wondered about that you know you go into all these restaurants or diners and stuff like that and you know they have cakes or pies or whatever that they they baked today hopefully that are, that are sitting there for you to eat mm. now how do they know how much to make of those things so that that doesn't all go to waste in the end that they have to throw it away they probably do throw away a lot don't they yeah, what do they do? They go, oh, Gary's coming in from Indiana. He usually um, usually gets two pieces of the pecan pie, so we'll make... Yeah, I don't know. 
I'd hate to be in uh, in that position of judging, but I'm sure a lot of it goes directly in the bin. Yeah. Do, do you know where the, the phrase pie comes from? No. This so is some the, weird... Yeah, tell me, tell me. The the source is actually uh, the word from the word magpie, which is a bird known for collecting odds and ends in its nest. So magpie, magpies are heckle and jekyll, that for anyone who knows the, the cartoons from all those years ago. And the reason is because medieval pies would contain many different animal meats all together. They would, they would just, whatever you got, you'd put them in together in order to make this pie. So you'd have chickens and crows and pigeons and rabbits and things like that. Because oh, they're, they're, birds. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now, there, there are two different types of pies. You have either sweet or savory types of pies. So the sweet pies are the ones that are going to have fruits in them. Uh, sometimes nuts, so this like pecan pie or brown sugar, which is a sugar pie, things like that, or sometimes sweetened vegetables, rhubarb, uh, things like custard or cream, things like that. And the savory pies are the ones dealing with meat. So you have like a steak oh, yeah. pie or what's known as a Jamaican patty or different types of quiches could also be considered pies and things like that. And then you have the mix of meat and vegetables, which is known as a pot pie. So I, I found that very interesting. Now, when you're talking about movies and pies, so then you deal with the, the slapstick humor. <laughs> so so there, there was a movie that came out in 1909 by the name of Mr. Flip with an actor named Ben Turpin, who actually started the whole idea of making it a staple in comedies that they would throw cream pies at people's faces. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's also a, a fake turkey on top of the on top of the the Coke dispenser machine. If you if you can see that, I can see what Just, that is. But good on you for point. Uh, good on you for finding out that's a turkey. I would have thought it's pinata or something. It's hard to tell. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at this point, Dell's response is basically, "Oh, sorry." Neil says, "I'm not spending Thanksgiving in Wichita. I've got family waiting for me. I'm gonna get home." So Dell's response is, not by airplane. They've got 18 hours of air traffic backed up. Anyway, you slice it, the odds are we're going to be having our turkey roll right here if we wait for the flight. And then Neil's response is, well, how the hell else are we going to get home? And then the waitress gives them their check. Dell says, thanks. And Dell's response to Neil is, Bert Dingman, a buddy of mine, he works for the railroad. A train? Yeah. And and that's how the dialogue basically ends for the the whole for the whole minute. So I mean, the waitress uh, fills up their cup of coffee. I've always wondered about that. You know, you go and you go to a place and you buy either coffee or tea or something like that, and they give you unlimited refills because they're making so much money on you anyway. They don't really care. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that she fills up Neil's cup and Dell's the one who says thanks, not Neil. That's right. Yeah, Dell's a bit oblivious there. What exactly is a turkey roll? Is that just when you're carving out the turkey, you roll it up or something? What is a turkey roll? No, a turkey roll is is sliced. It's like salami. Just a cut, a turkey it's, carving? No, it's not even turkey. So, so salami is, is cold meat, right, where, where you yeah. just can slice it. So right. turkey roll is the same thing, just, just sliced that way. Okay. So it's a slice of turkey, not rolled or anything into a bread or. Okay. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just turkey in the shape of, you know, sliced 
pieces of, of cold meat, I guess you can okay. say. And that, that's pretty much uh, all we have for, for, for this minute itself. Do you have anything else you want to say specifically about the minute? Oh, yes. Before I we did... get into the other things? Yes. Um, at the start of the shot, maybe you can tell me if it happened in minute 30, but we never actually get to see any of the shower curtain rings. <laughs> would have been a nice touch for when he was having a shower if uh, Neil looked up and made a joke about the shower or ring. No, we did. Know. We did. two two. Oh, I believe oh, two weeks ago when he's in the ah. shower, or maybe it was in three weeks ago, when he's in the shower and he's enjoying the shower at the beginning, he actually looks up and sees the shower rings. Ah, nice. Um, also, Dell. Um, have you ever met anyone with that name? Is, is it really American name, no. Dell? No, no, never, never met name? anyone with that name. Mm. Uh, it's not a made-up name. It is a name. I've, I've heard the name before. It it must be short for something, but it's not something that 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 I'm familiar with. Besides this movie, obviously, and you know the name of the <laughs> the computer company. <laughs> yes, that's right. And the only other thing I was going to say, um, do we know how long Neil does Neil work every week in New York and then fly back, or is he just there to? We don't know that. that. We don't know that. Don't I mean, know. we know that he's. It seems as if he's just there for this particular meeting. So he's got no other, like he's still wearing a tie on his effective day off and he does have some luggage. So uh, I suppose he's just wearing, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And when we talk about the script, the script actually explains that part, but there are people who, who travel around formally the whole time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And of those people, yes, Neil certainly would be that sort of person, I guess. (laughs) Completely. So now we'll get into the part where we'll talk about what happens in this minute in the script so the script the script does have some discrepancies here first of all i like the way that they describe outside neil's house it says winter wonderland street church big expensive houses the storm (laughs) has come and gone and then it says the cause of neil's delay looks lovely on the trees lawn and house (laughs) so you know Mm. they 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 knew right from the start that they're going to be putting this in the winter with a lot of snow around and stuff like that. Then they show that, that it starts off in the the master bedroom in the in in their house. Mm-hmm. It says warm Not and comfortable. Kitchen. That's right, warm and comfortable. Marty, little Neil, and Seth are staring at the empty bed. Marty lifts up the covers. Daddy, little Neil, he's not there. Nope. So basically, the kids were were they thought he was he was already home and they tried looking for him. So. It makes mm-hmm. sense that that they cut that scene because it doesn't really add anything to to the movie. Uh, no. And then the conversation between Susan and Neil gets a little bit messy. One of the subplots that they cut out of this movie is that the two of them are in a fight the entire time. Now, when we have when we see the conversations with them, we don't see any of that fighting. We might feel a little bit of tension sometimes, but the in the original script of what was filmed so so the character susan had a lot more to do and there was a lot more arguments so she basically says to him you shared a room with a stranger are you crazy what was, and then neil is dressing as he's talking mm-hmm. and he says what was i supposed to do sleep in the airport her response is this whole thing is insane i don't know what the hell you're doing and he says i'm trying to get home and says, then her answer is, it doesn't sound like you're trying to get home if you're shacking up with strangers. Yes. <laughs> now, I came across this too, that uh, 
in the script generally she thinks he's cheating on her. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then he says, I didn't feel like sleeping in a chair. Now, as he's talking, he's putting on his clothes and he realizes that all of his clothes are too small for him. Everything is, oh. is, a, is a few inches too short. So he puts on his shirt and he realizes it's too, too short. He puts on his pants <laughs> and it's too short. Stuff like that. And then her response is, I watched the news this morning. And they said that O'Hare is open and flights are landing and taking off. Mm. And then he said, if that's the case, then I'll start trying to book a flight. And then her response is, well, it would be really nice if you can drop in for Thanksgiving. Mm. Once again, showing that there is a lot of tension between the two of them. And then he puts on his, his suit jacket and realizes that that's too, too small either. He looks in the, in, into the mirror, freezes, and is in shock about how small this suit is that he put on. So it says that then the next shot is the two of them in, in this diner. And it basically says that, Dell is in fresh, clean clothes, and Neil is still wearing the same clothes that he was wearing the previous day. <laughs> now, they have a whole long conversation here that I, I don't think we're going to get into, but they, they add a lot more to the, the whole, to, to the whole atmosphere of things by, by Dell explaining the fact that, that he sent Neil's clothes to get them laundered in the motel, and that's what the whole problem was. <laughs> And then Dell tells him what food he, he ordered for him and it starts explaining what it is. He, he said he ordered him what was known as a Pony Express. Doesn't really. And then Neil responds that he only wanted a grapefruit. And then Dell says, oh, I just ate the last one that they had. You know, it goes, it goes <laughs> a good... through the whole thing that, that anything that Neil wants, Dell has already ruined for him and stuff like that. And then Dell gives him his bowl of oatmeal for him to look. Right. Well, we thought we saw... Uh, a grapefruit, didn't we? The cigarette in it. Yes, I did see we that, did. and uh, probably that oatmeal was the thing with the strawberry, uh, or whatever is in front of Dell. Right, hmm. and then and then the two of them start talking about about what Neil was was saying about calling the calling the airline to get to get a get a flight, and Dell says, regardless of what the airline told you, and believe me, they'll tell you, Abe Lincoln died in a boating accident. If they think that it'll prevent the ticket return, Chicago by tonight's <laughs> a stretch. I think if you plan on tomorrow morning, you're still tugging your tamale. <laughs> the, the phrases they use here are just great. <laughs> and and then Neil says, I'm not spending Thanksgiving in, in Wichita. And Dell says, worse things have happened. Ask any wartime resident of Dresden. <laughs> and and then Dell Del says, if you think the airline gives two craps and a doorbell chime, if you eat turkey with your family tomorrow, you're diluted. And then the only other discrepancy is is that Dell mentions that that the airlines are 18 hours backed up in in the original script. It's just 24, so it's not that much of a difference there. I I must say I'm I'm glad they didn't expand too much on this because I think they did get it right by having this short scene and the way that it's cut both both the 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 discussions with Susan and the way that it works with Dell. I I, I think in this case it's fun reading what what the original script had. But I think it, it they got it right by cutting those parts out. What about the actual biggest subplot of the his wife suspects he's cheating? I think you're right. I I don't think the movie needs this. But then again, no. maybe it would be nicer to have a bit more. I mean, it's just relying on the fact that Thanksgiving is so important for the nuclear family. It's like a second Christmas. You have to get them home together. That's the only real pressure, right? right. That's true. Yep. We don't 
we don't see any shots of him forlornly looking at his family or anything. No, 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 we don't. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it would have. Yeah, I, it's a really tight, what is it, a 90-minute film? It's very tight. And it's, 90, 93 minutes, yeah. Whatever decision, I reckon, yeah, I agree with you. Whatever decisions they made to cut it out, it doesn't matter why he wants to get home. Let's just take it as a given, and it's not really about why he wants to get home. It's about whether or not he's going to be become a better person or, you know, friendship right. he has with Dale, yeah. Exactly. All right. right, so a segment that we do every Monday is Martin Monday, where my guest gives his his or her top five uh, Steve Martin performances. So why don't you tell us, John, what your top five Steve Martin performances are? The one that got into number one, the one, the movie that. Wait, one is the best, or one is. What, yeah. You know, are you counting oh, down or counting up? You're right. You're right. I should start with theoretically the the lesser one. Yeah. Um, we have. At the bottom, Shop Girl. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. Um, it's been a while since I saw it, but I remember enjoying it quite well, although, you know, he's the, the third part really in it. Um, fourth, I would say Roxanne. Have you – have many I people – I love Roxanne. That top five? Yeah. Roxanne is, is, is among my top my, – my, my favorite movies, both as a movie that – you know, the, a modern adaptation of, of, of an old story – and yes. I mean, Steve Martin, and he wrote it. He wrote this this whole thing, so he's great. He did the adaptation. I didn't know that. It, yeah, I didn't actually know it was based on uh, an existing work. The the old was it's, it Cyril the Virgin? It's based Berger? on yeah. General the Virgin. Yeah. Yeah, and then I thought, well, he's also done remakes of Pink Panther and um, adapted a lot of other works. And that the first yeah. dramatic movie he did before uh, the Jerk actually was uh, based on the BBC serial. So as well as contributing a lot of great comedy original works, he's quite good at adapting other things as well. Yeah. Um, I'd say number three is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, um, which was my grandfather's favourite movie. I haven't seen the original, um, but, yeah, he's, he displays his great range there too, his acting range, don't you think? Mm-hmm, completely. Um, I think then I'm tied with, hmm, let's say number two, Bowfinger or Bowfinger. Okay. And then number one, Peace to Resistance. Maybe it's one of his lesser works to you older people, but it got into my skin as a kid. Probably one of the first, the first, you know, dozen movies I saw at the cinema, Father of the Bride. Um, have you seen that recently? Um, I think I saw it about two years ago. I, I still remember it. it. I, I one love of his it. lesser works. I love it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it one of his lesser works. I I don't. I haven't done my top five yet, and I'm only going to reveal my top five at the very end. Anyway, you know, in the last last week of this, so I don't know if it actually makes the top five or not. But still, <laughs> it's it's nice that it that it, it's a movie that I like of his. It's in the top half. How's that? For sure. That's good. I feel yeah. really bad, but I've never I've never actually seen The Jerk or Dead Man Don't Wear Played or Played, whatever it's called. Played, I haven't actually right. seen them. Oh, well, yeah, now, so... now you have a chance to, to, to get cracking. <sighs> yes, yes. Yep, <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> All right, so every day we have a, another segment called Off the Beaten Track where myself or my guest will tell a little story about something that happened to us somewhere along our travels. And today, everyone gets to hear another story from me. Ooh, so lucky about... People. About eight years ago, I was sent on a work trip to Germany, and I'm a very picky eater, so I take with me, I take food with me whenever I go anywhere instead of having to try and find stuff 
around there. Wow. And one of the I things that Spielberg. <laughs> one of the things that I well, it also has to do with the fact of kosher food, but but that oh, that's sure. a that that's part of the issue. But you know, <laughs> some of us like what we like. That's what it comes down to. So I actually ended up taking some some frozen things with me that I was able to eat afterwards, you know, after it defrosted and stuff like that. And so I took with me ketchup and mustard. Now on the <laughs> flight there, it was in my my luggage. So it wasn't a problem at all. It was closed in my luggage, brand new, whatever. On the way back, I'm 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 sitting in the airport in Frankfurt trying to get through security. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, I was only going carry on. And the the security people started getting a little upset. And I looked around and I was trying to figure out what, what they're upset about. And they said, you can't have an open bottle of ketchup or mustard on the plane. <laughs> and I, again, I, I understand ever since 9-11, the way that they've cracked down on things. But you, you think that sometimes they take things a little bit too far. So I end up just having to throw throw those condiments away. And, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal, but I just found it funny that this is the, the world we now live in where you, you can't take, you can't take a, a ketchup bottle that's been opened on an airplane <laughs> because I might take it and squirt it in the face of, of, of the, of the pilot. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Not to get, not to get a bit blue here, but I'm, I'm really resisting the urge to talk about the instances where people front up at the hospital with uh, strange things up their bum. And that uh, one of the most common one is a, uh, a catcher bottle. <laughs> I was just on a ladder and I happened to fall, fall down. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds like a typical German uh, example of their pedantry, but uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Please guys. Um, Dirty Harry Minute is my movies by minute podcast. It's finished now, but occasionally we upload, we're going to keep the feed up forever. So if you like Dirty Harry or you like me, um, just look up Dirty Harry Minute on just Google it, iTunes, Stitcher, all the rest. And that's about it pretty much. All right. Excellent. And to find me is very simple. All you do is just a quick search for movie Rob minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter. You can find my website. So, John, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? Uh, yes, I do. All right, <laughs> great. So, until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine.